Northfield City Administrator Ben Martig is uh, with us. Uh, good morning, Ben. Good morning, Jeff. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in today. Happy to be here. Let's talk about the uh, city council. Excuse me, city council meeting last night. You started off with uh, early on a uh, a presentation from MetroNet. We've talked about them uh, bringing fiber optic throughout the town. You got uh, an update, and was this kind of the final update? Is it ready to hit the streets now? Yeah, the uh, the under the consent agenda, we approved the second reading of the ordinance related to the MetroNet agreement, and again, the city side of the you know, regulation that they had to get a th- approval of relates to the television side of thing. But we're really excited in particular around broadband fiber getting extended into our residential areas. Right now we're pretty heavily covered in our commercial areas, pretty much covered completely. So you can have the highest speeds pretty much available um, right now if you're in the commercial areas. It's going to be extending into our residential districts um, with this new approval that happened last night. It's going to be a really big project. Um, they're working on permitting right now, and they're also um, working with city staff to get uh, authorizations, and they're lining up contract work to start yet this year, and then um, we'll be carrying over into the new year as well on on their build-out of that. A major project like this will include some trenching, will include some wires going overhead where we've got existing wires so Metronet came in again for another presentation just to talk about those communications with the public and kind of what their processes are and then how they um, direct people to try and resolve issues as we go through. So we're going to have a little bit of uh, disruption along the way as uh, as this gets built out. And um, But in the end, um, it's really important to a community's health uh, and prosperity to have high-speed internet. We certainly, you know, now more than ever, we know that after kind of coming out of the pandemic. Um, but certainly having high-speed internets is important to be competitive for a community to attract workforce, allows work from home opportunities, and um, just, I guess, quality of life as mm-hmm. people use it for entertainment, education, other types of things. So um, with that, um, one of the things is uh, through their processes, you'll be getting letters as your neighborhood gets hit. You'll be getting letters in the mail from Metronet. So don't throw that away, assuming it's junk mail. Um, if you if you do, though, they've got multiple processes. They'll have yard signs that pop up that direct people where to, you know, that it's going to be coming in and where to contact for questions. There'll be kind of larger signs within the areas because they're going to be building it out in sections of town. So there'll be a, bit, a little bit larger signs to draw attention. One of the main pieces we talked about last night with uh, MetroNet was really encouraging the public to first go through their processes they have like a, an initial 24-hour response time that they have as it relates to uh, notices that they get in, and then they look to resolve them at a pretty high rate. So um, even if you get issues, don't start by calling the city first. Use their um, contact information, file it through. Their, they've got multiple ways, ways to f- uh, file concerns. Um, and uh, then if there's it's still not resolved, you can go through our staff. We certainly you know expect that based on their experience, um, you know, they've done many of these before. They're a, a, a tried-and-true company, um, so we're we're hoping that we'll be going pretty well overall, but you still want to make sure people understand uh, what's out there. We've got a very um, – we are integrated with our communications with Metronet, too, so if you go on our city homepage, it's easy to find right at the top about broadband coming to our community. You can click into um, – into our site where we got some information and then there's a direct link into metronet and they actually have a mapping system real time shows kind of what's been authorized for permitting what's in construction what's completed and um so people can kind of take a look at that and track it as they go along and 
as they get uh, connected and complete by sections, they said they'd make service available uh, to customers as well. We also think by having you know more competition and expansion within the community, hopefully that will uh, have competitors rise up as well. And uh, so we know that competition is good as often drives down some costs as well as we as we've seen in other communities where they've gone in and done improvements. Sometimes it means uh, competition steps up uh, within the community as well. So <laughs> we that's always that, a healthy yeah. thing um, for that as well. So appreciate their their time. They had a number of officials back again um, to give the presentation to us. Uh, once again, City Administrator Marduk is with us. Uh, so they're going to start that basically immediately or right away this summer? Yeah, they actually wanted to be started already. Um, <laughs> They've got some areas that have been authorized for permitting. We've got uh, pre-construction meetings next week, so uh, we don't have exact dates, uh, mm-hmm. but we are uh, looking forward to uh, them starting that work, and more information will be coming out kind of once that, once that gets started. All right. Uh, Froggy Bottoms had a public hearing. They would like to have a liquor license. They have some new owners. Uh, was that approved last night, or where is that at? Yes, we had a public hearing, really excited uh, to see the reopening of Froggy Bottoms uh, and also some local ownership and uh, operations who have experience here with that. So Michael Gazier and uh, Neil Wilson were in uh, with the public hearing for what their um, LLP is called Two Scouts Standing, um, doing business as Froggy Bottoms. So it's still operating under that name of Froggy Bottoms and uh, local ownership, really exciting to uh, see the operators talking about their vision for you know quality food and getting people back on the patio to build relationships and uh, good times with one another and uh, the city council uh, had a clean review by our permitting officials our police chief does some background work and our city clerk does some due diligence related to uh, permitting of the alcohol sales and then also the state of minnesota so got a clean review of their liquor license. Um, I don't believe I know for sure what their opening date was. Mm -hmm. I didn't jot that down, but um, excited that they now have the city approvals um, so they can proceed ahead with with getting uh, Froggies reopened up. All right. Uh, Let's talk about bonding. That was on the agenda last night, bonding for about $5 million plus uh, for the uh, street construction programs. Now, I understand that was pulled from the agenda. Is that, uh, what was the story behind that? Yeah, we got a few... um, a little bit larger bonding borrowing package that we have coming forward this year, our usual street reconstruction um, for this year's uh, street projects for 2021 that we've seen construction out. We built a new sand storage building down at our public workshop. And so we've got a nice larger facility that's uh, covered and will definitely help in our snow removal processes to be a lot more efficient. Um, and lastly, uh, we have a, a larger plow truck that we also have purchased with some equipment as well. The one that's uh, in addition to those city ones, we are also assisting in the financing of a new road to be constructed for a housing subdivision tied with Bluffview addition. And um, we had scheduled next week probably six or so agenda-related items of approval for that project. We're still working on details to get signatures and authorizations completed on those so the financing's kind of tied to that. So we're moving all of those, including the bonding, to the first meeting in August so that there gives us a little more time to finalize the agreement terms and conditions. We've got authorization for financing and enough to cash flow to, to delay this a little bit further. So it's just more of a little due diligence um, related to giving us more time for the bonding to be prepared for that. So that'll be moving to August. Uh, as well as all of the approvals that were originally scheduled for next week on Bluffview will get moved back. 
All right. Let's move on to the next item. And so it begins. The budget process for 2022. Uh, last night you gave a presentation, kind of a preliminary presentation on uh, where you're at and what uh, the next six months or so will entail as they get a, a new budget together for next year. Uh, tell us about the presentation. Yeah, so the, at this time of the of the process we've completed our audit from last year we've got about you know we've got a good six months now of operation expenditures and activity for this year behind us so there's a lot of the kind of the foundation of information is there for us to begin our budget process so staff is currently developing all of the reviews line item by line item all of their um, current costs and revenues and putting together aligning with our strategic plan and bring preparing basically to submit through uh, for the finance director and I to review, and then ultimately, then we go to the city council. So during this, in, in our real heavy council budget meeting, the kind of the real meaty kickoff meeting is in August. The, the work session in August is dedicated to basically a full budget retreat. So right now, it's kind of building towards that, I guess. So the couple of big pieces that we take a look at during this time is um, our our. Um, personnel expenses just projecting out and then also our debt service were two that we took a look at so debt service you know we pretty much got a five-year capital plan kind of know where we're going um if you look at our debt per capita we're pretty low comparable to other communities we showed some of that Uh, but we're looking at about a a little over two and a half percent increase in our debt for next year uh, that impacts our tax levy to do continue to do street projects and other things that um that we do with that that's primarily what it goes towards is infrastructure um, investment personnel expenses so you know 65 percent or so of our general operations relates to labor costs and um you know because we're basically a service entity providing these different uh you know public services police library um streets management um other types of uh, programs community development activities and um, we have open labor contracts for next year for some of our unions, but we're taking a look at um, between health insurance and uh, wage costs that we have. Uh, right now, we're looking at about 5% adjustment in the personnel expenses overall um, that would be impacting the tax levy. So we kind of got a preliminary look at that. Now, again, there's a lot more work to be done with that in details, and depending on overall expenses and revenues changing, that could have a little bit of an impact. But it's a lot of good foundational information that we're going to focus more on operational details at the August work session over that. Local government aid, I kind of talked about a little bit with the state, too, is is that we got a lot of stability related to state funding. So that's kind of, besides property taxes, that's another big foundational piece to revenues that we get in to operate cities. The state collects dollars and then redistributes out based on need to communities so that's positive that that's staying pretty much consistent into the new year did that uh change at all over the course of the legislative session did they do anything that uh, uh made an impact on your local funding from the state that's a great question jeff and i actually <laughs> have to verify exactly where they landed with local government aid we get certifications in uh august <laughs> So we won't know for sure when they run the formula and things on where that's at. But I, I need to verify where the appropriation came in at mm-hmm. on um, LGA. I know they at least stayed flat, and I'm guessing there might have been a little bit of dollars to that. But I'm I'm working to verify that right okay. now. So that's a good question, though. Um, related to kind of what's up uh, coming up next related to budget, um, you know, some of the other things we covered last night first, I guess, is, is we still have kind of some healthy fund balances. We're going to have uh, federal dollars to try and decide how to, di- to distribute out from the 
um, for the Rescue Plan Recovery Act, we're going to have about $2.3 million. It might allow us to accomplish some of our, our goals um, as a community while also maybe keeping some of our other costs down on you know property taxes if possible, if we can fund some of these things. Um, with some other cash resources like that so be that's kind of more to come and then certainly aligning with our strategic plan uh, working on kind of finalizing some of the action plan implementation of the council which in august is really when we'll have more of the detail of what staff how staff is suggesting that they see aligning our financial resources with some of the strategic priorities that we have as a city so that'll be coming up one of the other pieces is uh, that's a large part of our operation that we try and get done early in the process is our utility funds. So stormwater fees, wastewater, um, drinking water, and then garbage fund. We're pretty much looking at status quo from prior years as it relates to those utility funds. Even with the wastewater study, we're going to be continuing uh, a revenue need of about 1.75% adjustment uh, increase on wastewater. So pretty incremental increase related to that, even though we got a new five-year capital plan related to upgrades on our wastewater plant water funds still pretty healthy so we're looking at a one percent increase on that what we have going on with the water fund though is we have a major new water plant treatment plant um, under review so next year we know that the rates will be staying the same but we'll be evaluating that plant need in this, in this upcoming city council meeting that might impact future years revenue needs stormwater management it's about a 5% increase, but that one's, you know, as an overall cost of the individual consumer is pretty small on stormwater comparatively to the other two. And then we don't have any impact to our garbage fund, which continues to, those fees have been covering expenses pretty well, even with the increase in some of our um, services that we provide with that. So the utility um, funds, we expect to be pretty smooth sailing. Um, we're, the fire department's currently under review with the NAFERS joint powers agreement they're reviewing their budget tomorrow um, and expect a pretty minor you know changes related to those so um, a lot of the components of the budget are going to be pretty well kind of in place and allow us to focus on kind of those discretionary areas as we head into the august meeting to, to kind of really roll up our sleeve and talk finances all right well we'll be looking forward to rolling up our sleeves and talking finances with you absolutely ben thank you so much for coming in we're out of time but uh thank you so much for coming in and we'll talk to you again uh, next week sounds good thanks mm-hmm. jeff ben martick northfield city administrator <clears throat> And Rich coming in in uh, two minutes, or one minute actually, and uh, Tim McNiff, news with a side of sports on the way. Governor Tim Walls is in Burnsville today as he continues his statewide tour to highlight 15 years' worth of investments in education as part of Minnesota's COVID-19 recovery budget. Schools are the epitome of what community looks like, and COVID challenged us as community. And while there were times that it brought out a little bit of the worst in us, predominantly it brought out the best in us. Walls is also scheduled to visit Mankato soon and more locations are expected to be announced soon. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden will no longer be visiting the Twin Cities area. Last night, the White House said the First Lady will no longer travel to Minnesota this Friday. No reason was given for the cancellation. And a federal inmate will serve an additional 18 months for assaulting a guard at the Sandstone Prison. Prosecutors say 28-year-old Charles Mitchell ingested a synthetic drug and began shouting and acting erratically back on May 29th of 2020. This is MNN. And joining us with local news headlines from the KYMN News Center, here is uh, Rich Larson with... 
Local news headlines from the KYMN News Center. There you are. Hi. <laughs> We're playing.